Hello. Hey. How are you doing? <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals and best friends, and we are here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all rainbow and giggles. <laughs> yep. So close. <laughs> Unicorns. <laughs> What's my line? <laughs> it's not all glitter and rainbows. That's the there line. we go. That's the one. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I got mine right. <laughs> That's right. I stole your I'm, line. I'm Sorry. Kim Haynes and I work at a busy birth center. I'm Meredith Rout and I have a home birth practice here in Winchester, Virginia. I'm Jess McKee and I am a doula and I am also a birth assistant for out-of-hospital midwives. You know what also is a lot more shit than giggles? What? Um, their subject today. In fact, yeah. it's all shit, no giggles. It's a lot of no shit. giggles. I am, I am giggles. so excited about our sponsor today. I am too. I'm excited about our subject and I'm excited about our sponsor because yeah. although it's a really tough subject to talk about, it's super important and it's yeah. kind of like my soapbox issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more people are talking about it now than ever before. So yes. there's definitely a need for this conversation. Definitely is. And, and what I, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. What I like about today. <laughs> no, you, Kim and I are going to get to talk a lot, so we got to get it in when we can. That's I love how um, at work I always have to just kind of curb my thoughts and opinions. on. I can give my opinion on the subject, but I can't overdo it. But today is our podcast, so I feel yes. like I can really let mm-hmm. loose my thoughts and yeah. opinions. So our people sub- don't have to listen to them. They yeah. don't have to. <laughs> I hope that you do. Our subject today and for the next couple of weeks is circumcision. Bum, bum, male or female? And, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about both, but mm-hmm. mostly both the same thing. male because that's what we have more of in our country. Right. Um, and so... And it's still socially acceptable in our country. It's still considered socially Shockingly. acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um but our so I'm I'm really excited that our sponsor for today is Brother K and the Bloodstained Men. What? Um, so is that that's, a band? It's a huge deal. Deal. They're one of the. They're like some of the biggest um, activists against intactivists. Intactivists. That's for people that fight for the rights of people to keep their whole body. Um, and they go all around the country. The Bloodstained Men do um, talking about. Um, the harms of circumcision and really also the human rights issues that come up with that. Yeah. He's really big in the human rights part of circumcision, which essentially is just taking them away. Yes. And I'm totally into this guy because he's, he just, he speaks it how it is. Mm-hmm. He's super yeah, intense, no just the way we like it. Kind yes. of aggressive. He not does always. not, he does not pussyfoot around. No, at there's all. no pussyfooting at all with no, him. No, 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 no. So he <laughs> says it how it is. And he's also, he knows what he's talking about. Um, so just like super excited that um, he agreed to sponsor us today. And um, okay, so before we dive in, <laughs> let's talk about our week. Mm. What was our week like? I don't awesome. know if that. And what are we a, drinking? And what are we drinking? Yeah. Um, so my week, well, we had New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. I slept through that. You did. Because 11 straight hours. It was beautiful. I did not. I stayed up until like 5 a.m., but it was really fun. Um, <laughs> and what else? Your family was here? Yeah. My mom came to visit again. She brought us this mead that we're drinking today. Called Misty Mountain Mead. It's delicious. The wildflower one. I'm also drinking echinacea tea and a gallon of water, <laughs> trying to stave off whatever this is. That's so the alcohol right. will kill the bacteria. The echinacea will increase your immunity, and the water is just all around good. Beautiful. And a big thanks to Carly, who gave us these mugs that say yes. there's a chance there's wine. 
There's in this, or wine. this is wine. And then Honey she wine. gave us a rosé something or other. Um, Roscato. Red Roscato. Oh, yeah, that was a lot. That was delicious. <laughs> we love you, Carly. <laughs> also, speaking of these mug, these cups, we, something big that happened this week is we launched our online merchandise shop, yes, we which did. we're selling T-shirts mm. left and right already. Yes. What is that? Yeah. And yeah. there's guys. a coffee mug also that awesome. also says there's probably wine in here. Yes. So, <laughs> so you're going to see a lot more of us wearing like funny birthy shirts with funny sayings. That we're making because, ourselves. Yeah, because we've done that before and everybody always says, oh my God, where did you get that shirt? I need to have it. So now you can get them there's all in like one all place. in one place that you and then you can support our goals, which we haven't really talked all that much about, <laughs> but also just like the They're information big. that we're sharing with the world to help us become successful in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good so conversation. Super starters. excited. And we are two midwives and one doula at your cervix. And that will be a shirt. <laughs> be the cervical change you wish to be in the world. I love yes. that shirt. Um, I had a beautiful, I slept all night last night. Yeah. Had a beautiful birth yesterday morning. Yay. Stunning. The baby was born in the call because the mom was just brilliant. So When Kim says that the baby was born in the call, that means that the mom's water never broke and the baby was born in her, in or her, his, her. Oh, water yeah, sack. I don't know if they're talking about that yet, so oh, okay. I'm not going to give any information um, the out. The baby <laughs> was born in their water sack, which um, is an old wives, or I'll call midwives tale, that babies that are born in their water sack <laughs> are supposed to be special human beings that are going to do something special in I life. I think the Dalai Lama has to be born in the sack as well. Really? In the call. I believe so, yeah. Um, fun fact. So it's kind of cool because the statistics on that are one in 80,000, but I think really? that's, that's because, yeah, they typically break, break your water, water yeah. in the hospital. So it would happen more. We see it all the time. Yeah. Numerous yeah. times a year. I don't see it all the time. It, it is still pretty rare, but it has happened. I've seen it more with like twins. Like like baby B. Mm-hmm. Katie and I had like, I think three in a row last year. Really? Mm-hmm. That was probably days. a very lucky week. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's, how was your oh, week? How Meredith? was your week, Meredith? I'm oh, sorry. No, it's fine. I didn't really say anything. Cause it, I mean, it was a great week. Alice came to town and that's Rachel, right. I forgot about that. So Hi we Alice. Did do we that. love you. Yeah. We got to see some more birth worker village. Um, yeah. Harrisonburg. That was fun. They made that me was get really into fun. a wedding dress in a thrift store, which was a nightmare, but it, <laughs> it was, was an eighties wedding dress and it had a, it did. No. Well, it didn't. Bleep it didn't, that out. It didn't intentionally have a. It didn't fit over my butt, and so it had because I couldn't fit into it. But yeah, I just imagine that's going to be the rest of my journey of finding a wedding dress. No way. We have to do it one day. We'll you drag her to all the dress. crazy places. Yeah, let's we're, just paint your body. We'll just do that <gasps> thing where we put like pasties on you yeah. and paint your whole well, body. I think we just said we're doing like a fall equinox wedding, so Ooh. we'll just have to be naked on a fire for it. I'm Perfect. So excited! All of us. Yeah. I have some feelings on it's that. Optional. We'll discuss this later. Yeah. It's optional. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's all right. Let's get so, into it. Um, we're going to be talking about circumcision for the next three episodes, but we're going to be breaking it up in two different subjects. It's a little bit it's difficult to, to do that one. because. Well, I've been researching this subject for what, like eight years or something. Yeah. And you're my um, go to person. Mm-hmm. And so I then started teaching free classes about it to try and help people uh, get real information about it. 
but I found that it's just like one of those rabbit holes where you start getting into it and all of these different things like the social, the cultural, the science, all of them are so intertwined that it's kind of hard to separate it, but it's all so important. And we can't just talk for three hours straight. We have to break it up somehow. So we have to break it up. <laughs> Jess, turn your Jess, phone off. I need you to I turn your phone off. It's literally on the I send Jess and I send texts back and forth often that said, I'd say I saved a penis today. Yes. Or saved two penises today. Yes. So high five. Also, I feel like we get a lot of texts too of like Jess going out to a bar being like, Oh my gosh, I'm at the bar with these three strangers. And we just had the best talk about being intact. All about yes. their force. Skins. Literally can't go out anywhere without <laughs> talking I've about talking about I've gotten better about that, but I found that it was one of those subjects that it gets in your head. Mm-hmm. And when I was first learning about it, it was like so overwhelmingly on my mind all the time that every time I went anywhere and drank, I would just like <laughs> let's talk about foreskins. Yeah, you weren't you there that time? Like there was an entire we were talking no. to the entire bar. Nope, nope. Okay, someone was there. You think I was out at a bar? Yeah, that's who weird. Without her, there's no way. We were there that time. It was at Nana's. Um, anyway, no, maybe you weren't. But anyway, <laughs> I'm blanking. What? We were talking, it, this was like years ago, like four years ago, but I had the entire bar of people talking about circumcision I, and all the I men were drinking beer and holding their crotches. Yes. I think you took a video. It was glorious. Or pictures and sent them. Damn it. Yeah, I, I missed the good, the good yeah. stuff. I have people that pass me. group. <laughs> I have people that pass me on the street and call me for Was I sleeping? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you had to have a nickname, that's a great You're nickname. You're kind of known for your knowledge of the penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It leads to some really weird um, text messages on my phone, though, because... Oh, you get dick I, pics. Oh, you get dick pics. I've gotten dick pics. Yeah. I've gotten lots of weird, like, Nobody wants text that. messages. It's, 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 so if you're listening to this, please don't prank text message me. No. It's not invited. You're just no. manifesting this I don't right want to see your dick no. before or after. No. Um, sorry. That's just not something I want to do. Or in the mm. process of reclaiming your foreskin. We don't want to no, see pictures I of encourage that, that, but I don't want to see a picture <laughs> no. of it. And it will not, I, it's not going to go well for you. Um, okay. So anyway, so the first episode, this one is, we're going to be talking about some of the cultural and social things about circumcision. And I think we're going to focus on the myths because that seems to be the reason that everyone Mm -hmm. in this country continues to cut a vital part of their baby's organ off for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And then, um, we are, the next episode, we're going to really dive in like a muff, um, <laughs> Our muff. to the the science behind sure, yeah. the science behind circumcision because um, there are still people like using what the scientific studies say to support circumcision from like the 1980s or yeah. the 1800s. Yeah, and then our third episode, we're really going to cover. We're actually going to be interviewing men and their experiences, either with circumcision or circumcising their kids, and then not circumcising their kids, or their experience with having a foreskin. That's going to be a fun episode. I love hearing these guys. Some of these guys we have coming on have amazing personalities, so it's going to be fun. And I would usually say it takes ovaries for people to do hard things, but in this one, I'm going to say it takes balls because these guys are really like balling up in there. For sure. No, no, they don't have foreskin, so we can't say that. Some of them have foreskins, but it's not an easy subject for men to talk about, especially in a public forum, and so I really applaud them for doing that. I'm excited for that. We can cheers for them. We can. We we can cheers. Um, You're not going to hear it because we're drinking kind of paper cups, but... Yeah. You get a picture of those. Weird clink. (laughs) 
Um, so anyway, I think part of the most important thing that I want to focus on, because I think that I, I want to talk about how the purpose of this episode, because we just did an episode on mom shaming, it's not to shame anybody. It's not to shame you if you have circumcised a kid. It's not to shame you if you are circumcised. If you're not circumcised, the point of this episode is to share information about a subject that I think is so, so important. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, if you know better, you can do better. Yeah. And we're really trying to get rid of this ritual yeah. that we are still carrying around with us with the knowledge that we have today. Yeah. And yeah. like Kim said, like we don't talk as strongly about it in our care because like that's a cornerstone of midwifery is offering a spectrum of care that people mm-hmm. find their own personal place on that spectrum and that we support them in that. But this is our space to maybe be a little more verbal and vocal about how we really feel about it. Well, I am yeah. up front um, 100% against circumcision. I'll mm-hmm. say that oh, now. I am too. Needles, yeah. And I've circumcised three of mine before I knew better. Mm-hmm. So we can talk but about that later. But you have such an experience to share with clients who have that same experience too. Right. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to throughout all three episodes because I feel like another big part of this problem is that um, I want to work on normalizing and applauding what the foreskin is mm-hmm. because part of the biggest problem we have is that it's been made in our culture as something that is not only extra, it's called... It's called excessive in medical excessive, terminology. It's yeah. called extra piece of skin. But it's, it's also been made to feel not only that it's useless, but that it's also detrimental and dirty and something that's bad to have. And so I want to normalize the foreskin and applaud the foreskin because it serves the foreskin everyone. is hella awesome, man. Yeah. Do you know what else used to be considered useless? A clitoris. And obnoxious and a waste of time? What? A woman's opinion. Ah, I'm just throwing that out there. How many generations did it take for that to change? And still changing. Yeah, and do you know what else we used to do to everyone for no reason at all? What episiotomies? Yes, and And we just stopped doing that. And that's really a big part of bodily autonomy as well. In that, yeah, and so that's they they, all of it can be compared. All All of it it can be. Um, So let's talk about the social constructs. Of circumcision. Let's do it. How should we just like... Such a beast. You're the expert. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to sit here while you talk. Do well, you, you want to start and then maybe Meredith and I... I feel can like if st- she starts, she's not going to stop. Wait, we'll <laughs> do this. <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you start yeah. and then Meredith and I can just... Can we come yeah. with a hand we signal? We can give you some... <laughs> yeah, we can give you some myths and you okay. can let us know how those are, inter- those are incorrect. Also... Um, I know that we've used the saying "just the tip" a lot in our epi- in our other episodes. Not the case this time. So, well, it could be the case this time, but we're going to say for this entire three part series, whenever we say "just the tip," we are talking about foreskin. Yes, <laughs> and not we pubic are care, not icebergs. No, and also when you remove the foreskin, you are not just removing just the tip. You're no. removing a very large part of a very important thousands organ. I'm just going to keep saying that. Zone. You're just taking away that gliding mechanism that our husbands will never know. How about when Skinny we need her tap. to slow down or stop, we do like a retracting movement and be like, no, stop. Like, we don't do that. You don't retract the foreskin. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, stop. So that's what we're going to do. Jess, oh, that's the part need to stop of the myths. Yep. Okay, Jess, dive in. All right. I'm going to dive in like a... 
Ma. I was drinking, or I would have said it. Sorry. I was drinking tea, <laughs> my echinacea tea. Drinking tea. That Meredith made Ma. for me. Okay, so let's talk. I think let's talk first about the, the biggest thing people say, and I'm not going to get into the science of it first, but people have been led in our culture to think that foreskins are dirty. Mm-hmm. How I Nasty. Mean, they're nasty and... Filled with schmegma. Yeah. Who wants Ooh, that? I learned a fun fact this morning in my research. What did you learn? I guess we're not really talking about the science a lot, but we've, I learned that there's actually more schmegma in ladies' folded parts than yes. in actual I was skin. just going to say that. <gasps> there nice is. Mm-hmm. Look at this. We might actually hold our... That own is okay a true story. That is a true story. Um, but uh, genitals... Uh, on the whole, <laughs> um, are not dirty. They are actually self-cleaning organs. We whether, don't even need soap on them. Yeah. Whether you are a man or a woman. You don't use soap on your genitals. No. That's a, not a No, thing. let's talk a yeah. little bit about that in a second. Yeah, that's because that, that is also a myth. I mean, if you're a man, you could put soap on your, on your sack. You can soap mm, that bad boy up all, all you want. Go for that. But you don't want the soap. Especially if you have a foreskin, you don't want to like get soap under no. there. That's such a bad yeah. idea. Don't put soap in your vagina okay. folds mm-hmm. either. Okay, so let's go. talk about about circumcising babies mm-hmm. because there's this huge myth in our culture that if you have an intact, we're not going to say uncircumcised in this episode because that uh, led to the thought that circumcision is the norm so it's intact you have all of your body parts um there's a big myth that if you have a foreskin it's going to be hard to take care of on a baby because people have been told for generations that you have to pull it back and clean underneath it god don't ever do that don't do that it's like finger so when i explain to our clients and i know you do this in your Mm -hmm. in your talk the foreskin is adhered like a fingernail. Yep. You don't pull it back. That would be like ripping a fingernail off and putting it back on yep. every time you retract the foreskin. Yep. So and it's the, held together. And the reason for that is, is that retraction is actual, actually a sexual function. Um, and babies, obviously, are not sexual, and so there's no reason for them to retract. So in babies, the, the function of the foreskin is protection, mm-hmm. which is great. It actually, which we'll get into that in the science, like people think that it actually causes more UTIs and problems, but it's actually designed to keep bad stuff out of the urethra mm-hmm. and protect it Mm -hmm. and when i had brock and we did not circumcise him um you kept saying it's held together by a sphincter and the the fact is that at the end of their penis a sphincter holds shut it Mm -hmm. only opens when they pee so you don't have to clean in there it's just you just wipe it like a finger and what i found to be hilarious and shocking because i had never seen an intact penis i have four boys yeah is he would get his little baby erection which but it's just it happens (laughs) They have to pee, whatever. The foreskin is so amazing. It stretches with the erection. It does not retract when they're babies. Oh, yeah. So I remember calling you going, he has a baby erection. Yeah. And his foreskin I is covering the whole her, thing. I had the diaper over it. Because that's like the number one mistake is just being like, this is hilarious. Yeah. And then I'll help. It exclude. looks like a cute little anteater. <laughs> and then you get peed on. Yeah. And yeah. then you get peed on. But it's just, it's so easy to care for an intact penis. You just wipe it like a finger, yeah. toss the wipe in, Base you're done. Tip. Yeah. Don't also, clean in there. 
there. We talk to little girls all their lives about how to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. white front to back. You know, very simple. Why can't yeah. we do that for boys? It's so yeah. So teach them normal. to clean it or cut it Intact off. Intact boys' yeah. genitals are actually easier to keep clean than a girl's genitals. So much yeah, easier. So many folds. Yeah, and so I know we're going to cover this a little bit more, but when it comes to in the science part, the the studies that show that foreskin causes problems, most of the problems are actually caused by parents who think they have to pull back foreskin, which introduces bacteria into a place where bacteria could not get before. If you didn't retract and in the first place. And it causes all the problems that Americans as a culture think are caused by foreskin. So the main problems that are caused by having an intact penis would be mm-hmm. UTIs, which are caused by retracting the foreskin. So some of the biggest myths that people think. Right. Yeah. And the other big one that I keep hearing is, well... HIV. Well, yeah, that's one, which Mm -hmm. we'll get into, because that study has already been debunked. In the science section. Yeah, we'll study that. We'll do that in the science section. But um, the biggest thing I hear is... (laughs) To keep them separate. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody's somebody's brother... Well, my husband's brother had to be circumcised as an adult because when he got an erection, it was painful, so he had to remove his foreskin. And it turns out that if that's the case, it's because your care providers, your parents or whoever, had been retracting your foreskin as a child, Mm -hmm. which rips Mm -hmm. it. And build scar tissue. So then when you're ready to have your foreskin retract in a sexual way, it's not possible because it it is adhered with scar tissue. So we are causing that problem. It's not because he was intact. It was because somebody told his parents to retract the foreskin. Which is a call to action to providers. Like, don't just tell your parents to circumcise because you don't know how to care for an intact penis. Like, learn how to educate your families do, mm-hmm. on taking care and of an intact penis. And which the information is out there now. It's super it's, available. Even the American Academy of Pediatrics says not to forcefully retract foreskin in infants. Mm-hmm. When so I brought... Like it, there's no excuse for it. Most um, parents will say that the pediatrician retracted their kid's foreskin. Oh yeah. So you cannot leave your intact child with someone that's never been around an intact penis. You have to educate yeah. them, which I did. Yeah. If my mom was you know, watching Brock, I'd say if he pees or poops, just wipe it. On the outside. Never retract a foreskin. So people look at you like you're crazy because for some reason... They think that no you're one, like pooping and get a UTI. It's like, that's not... Yeah, or like, what do you mean? Works. I don't understand. And also, oh, you're not circumcised? Like, this is a whole new thing now yeah. that we're learning it's not necessary. Some insurance companies don't pay for it because it is now proven to be now, cosmetic. Right? Medicaid yeah. covers it. Oh, Medicaid still does? Okay. Yeah, but... In some states. We're mixing all this information. But, I know. Um, it's a hot mess. Like it's us. a hot mess. <laughs> but let's talk... You know what I really want to talk about? I want to talk about more in this episode how difficult it is when it comes to the cultural myths and stuff, how difficult it is for men to hear this information because I think that's one of the biggest problems mm-hmm is that I find, and as, as providers that are talking to people about it, I find it's a lot easier to have moms understand that it's not necessary. Most of our moms do not want to circumcise, mm-hmm. but they don't want to speak to their husbands about it because they get upset. Or they don't want to challenge their husbands when they know that they really feel passionate about doing and it. And right. a lot of these men, from my experience... Or partners. Or partners. Baby daddies, um, whoever. yeah. So a lot of humans with a penis. So when it comes to humans with a penis who have happened to have been circumcised, um, there's so many people that say, "Well, I'm circumcised and I'm happy for it." And so then people use that as an excuse, like, "Well, he's happy for it, so that means that circumcision is fine." 
And I've never spoken to a man who's happy that he's circumcised. Um, I've talked to lots. Talking. Did I, I just say talking? You did. People, you we did. make up words on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's I've fun. talked to lots It'll be on a t-shirt. of men who think they're grateful that they're circumcised, but they really don't know anything different. about... They don't know anything different. So they don't really know what a foreskin does. They've heard all their life that foreskins are gross. They... Oh, a woman, a woman, you know, tried to have sex with a man with a foreskin and was disgusted by it. And I don't want that to happen to my kids. Yeah. But then, but when you think of the way men think about it, it's a psychological protection um, because it's really men. And this isn't something that happens. It's not something that happens conscientiously. It's something that is very subconscious because that trauma from when you're a baby is at the deepest core of your brain, the building blocks. It's like one of your earliest memories. The building blocks of what happened to you as a baby. But then also their penis is so like deeply ingrained in their psyche Mm -hmm. um, that really it's easier for a man's brain to think that what happened to their penis is better at all costs. And so I've had lots of men who have said to me, I don't care if it's wrong. I don't care if having a foreskin's better. I don't care. My son is going to be circumcised no matter what. Mm -hmm. And there's like... Because it's validating my own experience. It's validating your own experience. Which we all need validation. Yeah. But that's also like we need to break this cycle. It's like a cycle of abuse. Any other cycle, like somebody has to be the one to say, what happened to me was wrong and I'm not going to perpetuate this idea. And it's happening more and more. That's happening more and more. I can't wait for Chuck to tell his story because that's how he was originally. And it was such an eye opener for him. Yeah, and coming, I mean, just like I said, coming, and we're talking about penises. It all comes I, together. I've literally held back like seven times already in this episode. <laughs> if you have a foreskin, you really hope that everyone comes together because also, fun fact, foreskin helps females come. <laughs> Amen. Orgasm. Cheers. So that's what Climax. I <laughs> all of those things. The big O. <laughs> the little death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, foreskin. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so uh, when you... Got distracted by orgasms. No, I got distracted (laughs) making sexual double entendres. (laughs) Got a little carried away with that one. Yeah, so when you you put all... So me talking to people, because I talk about this with people way too much, and I have watched... I have watched that emotional reaction play out time and time and time again. Oh my gosh, it it like falls over their face. It's like this slow, like... You can tell they're thinking, but they don't want to let anything out. Yep. And they don't know what they're feeling. Yeah. And it's, and you, it is very similar to other trauma responses when they realize what happened. So I would say psychologically, it is easier for men to believe circumcision is great and fabulous and foreskins are gross. But we're at a culture where, you know, we're at a turning point. Yeah. Really. Ignorance really can be bliss. But, um, we're at a point where the information is out there. And like you said, when you know better, you do better. And when it comes to a human rights issue, it's really important to talk about it. And it's important to point that out. Like this is a human rights issue. It's not, we say that the parents have the right to make decisions for their children. Mm -hmm. And I do understand that because they're, they're tiny little babies. Someone has to be their protectors, but it's a human rights issue. You're making a decision that changes a human being's body for the rest of its life. It can never, ever go back. Um, when we had Evie, I said, Oh, do you want to get her ears pierced? It's adorable. And he goes, why the fuck would we do that? You're all 
altering her body for the rest of her life, she can never, ever fix that. And I just thought that's the same with circumcision or anything else for that matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is that all about? Meredith's doing something. Um, (laughs) So Chris, when he was learning about all of this, um, he goes, (laughs) Chris is my 24-year-old who's awesome. Hey, Chris. He goes, wait, 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 wait. You, You cut a piece of my dick off? Yeah. And I said... Well, I didn't personally, but yes, I allowed that to happen. I was 16. They just did it. Like they, I'm sure they asked, but, and he goes, wait, so you're saying that if I were to be having sex, which I'm not, it could be better than what it is right now, but I'm not. And I was like, ew. And yes, I'm so sorry for ruining your sex life. And he's like, and he walked away. So he doesn't hate me. Yeah. No. (laughs) And I think that's the thing when it comes to culture, um, culture can blind us into doing really not good things because it's what we've been raised thinking is normal. Um, I mean, it's, and I, I like to compare it to, and I, I know I like to, and people get really upset when we do this, but I do like to compare it to female circumcision or female genital Why wouldn't you? mutilation. I mean, but, but people get so vehemently angry about that because our culture has said circumcision, it, female circumcision is evil and it's terrible. And so it's really hard to point, point that finger on something that we've done to our sons or to our husband or to anybody. And so it's like, it's like you're admitting that you've done something that and it's just really hard to admit that. I was at a birth in a hospital once and the nurse came in and said, will, will we be circumcising? And the client said, it's a girl. And I said, oh, will you be circumcising? Yeah. And they started laughing because they also were against circumcision. Yeah. And the nurse goes, oh, my God, that's not funny. And I said, it's actually easier to circumcise a girl with yeah. the different kinds of circumcisions that they have available. Yeah. And she was like, oh, and she walked out. And the client and I just laughed for like five whole minutes. But So it's not okay to joke about female circumcision because no. it's so horrendous. But yeah. yet, how many jokes does our culture come up with to make us feel better about cutting off parts of a little boy's penis so many jokes since and since you're talking about that i do have something about fgm yeah with which is female genital mutilation so i found it really interesting that a couple of these facts it it is exactly the same as a penis Mm -hmm. everything that i'm about to read is exactly the same as if you were to be talking about a penis but for some reason it's i mean if i were to try to circumcise my daughter she'd be taken away from me yeah Um, So it says that too often the first message a girl receives about her body is that it's imperfect, too Mm -hmm. fat or too thin, too dark or too freckled. But for some girls, the message is that to be accepted by the wider community, their bodies must be cut, altered, and even reshaped through a practice known as female genital mutilation. We do the same thing to our boys. Same thing. You're born and your penis yeah. is not perfect. It acceptable. needs to be changed to be acceptable. Yeah, and then we and then to add insult to injury, not do we literally strap a boy down into a circumstrain with his arms and legs like out to the side. But then we joke about it because it makes us feel better about ourselves. So if we'll you say, laugh about it. Oh, yeah. we're gonna cut that little anteater off. Like, oh, <laughs> look, your little elephant trunk. Like, and and that we, was traumatizing for Chuck to watch that video yeah. of that doctor that was laughing as he cut yep. into that little tiny infant boy who's, who's screaming, screaming. just ignoring. Psychologically, him. the doctor knew that it was fucked, but 
But to protect ourselves, to protect ourselves psychologically, we use humor. And so, and we numb ourselves to that reality of how effed up it is. Um, Why am I the only one dropping the F-bomb in this episode? I never drop the F-bomb, I do. I have. You're just used (laughs) to it. So it goes on here to say that often viewed as a rite of passage, FGM can result in a series of health complications, including infections, chronic pain, and infertility, and it can be deadly. Despite mm-hmm. being internationally recognized as a human rights violation, yep. some 200 million girls and women alive today have undergone FGM. Mm-hmm. And it is the same as our boys here in the US. Yes. And it's bullshit. And I like but to that point out that mm-hmm. when most people compare male circumcision to female circumcision, they always compare the worst form of female circumcision to male circumcision. Which is actually not common. Which is not common. It's only like 1% of female circumcisions are that kind. I think 80% are just removing the clitoral hood. Yeah. And a lot of them, even among the uh, Muslim population today that do it, um, it's it's actually even just like a... T- like, like a little pe- a like a tiny print little, of, yeah. a, a, of a, a snip off of the top of the clitoral hood. Or even like a piercing or a hole. Yeah. In fact, the American Academy of Pediatrics several years ago tried to say that they wanted to reopen uh, the law about female circumcision because they said if they could do something that was less dramatic, like even a pinprick or like a very tiny sliver, yeah. that it would satisfy that cultural group group and then they wouldn't be shipping their kids off to other countries to to get circumcised in dangerous circumstances terrifying which is still happening all the time i mean it was just this year that the the lady got arrested in the u.s for circumcising females in her clinic um but it's 2020 the american everybody made such a big fit about it they're like no it is illegal to prick a little girl's clitoris with a pin but yet they cut off the amount of tissue that's cut off in a, a male circumcision. So I think what we haven't done yet is explain to people what the foreskin is. Because when I heard circumcision in the beginning, mm-hmm. I envisioned the biblical circumcision, which in the Bible could have been done with a flint knife. Mm-hmm. You just pull the foreskin down and mm-hmm. and, and just cut off the end, yeah. which, yeah, that would be kind of easy to do. But I think we still need awful, to... But still awful. Less and less dramatic than what we do today. I mean, honestly, it's a baby. Let him decide what he wants to do with his body when he's grown, but fucking anyway. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to people how we do he circumcision? He will want to do <laughs> Everyone pulls on their foreskins. Um, <laughs> what is a circumcision? How do we do it today compared to what the, you know, like the, Jude- the Jewish circumcision was in the Bible? Yeah. So first let's say like, um, let's say real quick actually what the foreskin is and then we're going to go to break um, because it's time for our break. Um, but then... When we come back, we'll talk about how it's actually accomplished and more of the the cultural myths about it. So tell us exactly what a foreskin is. So if you think about male and female genitals, they all form from the same things inside. So the short story about (laughs) foreskin is, is that the foreskin is the same tissue as the clitoral hood. So... I don't know. I know how I feel about my clitoral hood. I love my clitoral hood. I love mine. Mm -hmm. The clitoral hood has all the fine touch nerve endings. It's the place that just feels so magical. It's like Disneyland Um, of the vagina. It it is. Epcot. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is that place that all the men are, or, or all the people that sleep with women are looking for in order to give them orgasms. Yeah, it's <laughs> shocking that a lot of people don't know where it is. I know. Uh, we so don't that, talk about that enough. So that is what foreskin is. So wait, so we're cutting off the entire pleasure zone. We're cutting off Disney World? It we're is cutting the, out Disney World? It is Can you imagine most, life without Disney World? It is the most pleasurable part of the penis. And actually what's left... What's mm-hmm. left after that is the least sensitive it's part the of the penis. Sensitive part. That's a fact, people. We're not yep. just making Enter this up. Enter the porn industry. And bam, bam, yeah. bam. So yeah. in bam, the science bam. section, we're going to talk a little bit more about what exactly happens when you cut off the most pleasurable part of the penis. Um, but let's go to our break and talk a little bit about Brother K first. Yeah, he's kind of kick-ass. He is. Let's really do it. Really awesome. Cue the music. So we are so honored to have Brother K and the Bloodstained Men as our sponsor for today's episode. Uh, The Bloodstained Men and their friends is dedicated to giving victims of genital cutting a voice and educating Americans about the harms of infant circumcision and the importance of the foreskin. And I think what they are doing is so important because they are men who are circumcised and are not thankful for it. And so giving them that voice to share why they're not thankful is a really important thing to hear. So they are the ground troops of intactivism. Their nationwide street protests have reached tens of millions of Americans with the brutal truth about infant circumcision. Uh, Bloodstained Men has been able to do this incredible work because of kind donations, and they're going to continue their protests in cities from coast to coast and into Canada with your strong support. Uh, Your donation in any amount goes directly to fund their travel expenses. None of them get paid anything. It's just there to be able to get them to the cities they need to in order to do their activism and teach people um, about the corrupt medical establishment and the information that's been withheld from them. So join Bloodstained Men, check out their information. Um, I love Brother K because they don't hold anything back. They say it like it is and they have the right to do that because they are victims of genital cutting. Um, everyone's welcome at their family-friendly protests and so check them out, the Bloodstained Men, and also check out um, the hashtags I am not thankful because it really does show that there's a lot of men out there that are upset with the system that's happening that uh, genital cutting is seen as okay. Uh, Thank you so much, Brother K and the Bloodstained Men for sponsoring this episode. Back to our episode. Okay, so welcome back from our break. Um, I just wanted to take this chance, and we're going to cover a lot more like in-depth detail stuff next episode. But I wanted to tell a story about one of those times I was being super inappropriate and talking about (laughs) circumcision and penises, and I was at a vineyard with a whole group of people that I'd never met before. And this, this, I was sitting at the table, and this topic came up. And one of the girls tells this story about how... I love this story. In their, because we hear so much in our culture that foreskins are gross, and I never sleep with a guy with foreskins. Uh, blah, uh. blah, 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 blah. It's not true. Um, guys with foreskins get blowjobs and have sex and all of those things. So anyway, um, in their group of friends, there was one particular girl who had had sex with one particular guy. and apparent- In the group also? In the group oh, also. Nice. 
And the guy was not circumcised. He was intact. And so one day they're all sitting together <laughs> as a friends group, like around dinner. And she start the some reason circumcision came up and she starts saying, ew, attacked penises are so gross. And I would never sleep with a guy who has a foreskin <laughs> and just like all the things we hear about it all the time. And he's sitting right across from the table from her. Hello. And so he goes, do you think you would know a penis with a foreskin if it hit you in the face? And she, goes, <laughs> she goes, of course I would. Um, I know what, what it looks like. And he goes, well, one did hit you in the face and you didn't notice. So boom. Boom. <laughs> That's the thing is we're the only country who does it. So all of the European porn, which is super popular, yeah. all of those penises are intact. They all are. But they look can't the notice. same when they're erect. So yeah. we just aren't yeah. aware of that. Yeah. How often do we look at a flaccid penis? I know. I don't husbands don't walk around it showing us like it doesn't have the scar. Um, but I, I also just wanted to say, even like people that I know who have circumcised their sons due to cultural pressure that I know um, very personally, I have I have one friend who had slept with a guy with a uh, foreskin. And she knew he was intact, and she never said anything about it. She still circumcised her son because of pressure from the baby's dad. Um, but then she went back later and slept with him again, and she's like, I'm pretty sure he got circumcised because I just didn't even notice his foreskin. Um, and so we asked him, and he's like, no, I didn't get circumcised. She oh. just couldn't tell. Yeah. yeah. And then someone else I said also said, like, I, the guy I slept with that was not circumcised was the best lover I've ever had. And it just felt so much different when he was inside well, of me. What and she friend, circumcised her son, too. What does our friend say from Hungary? She's like, men in these country don't know how to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does say that. Well, they're working with less equipment, poor things. Right. Like, they're that, just doing the best they can. But that goes down to what's normal, too. So if you're raised always seeing circumcised penis, you're think, you think that that's normal. But I also see the opposite story of people that come here from other countries where circumcision does not happen. And she she's only seen one circumcised penis and when she saw it she was like what, ah. what the heck is wrong yeah. with this penis like yeah. there's a giant scar around it yeah because to them that looks it looks mutilated because they're used to the normal male body right. with foreskin <laughs> and you can do so much more with it sexually which we're going to talk about in the next episode in the science part of it um, but it's part it's there it's there for sexual purposes it's not excessive it's, it's not excessive it's there for sex oh, it's there so for look, protection it says right here about female uh, mutilation as some societies perform FGM because of myths about female genitalia, for example, an uncut clitoris will grow to the size of a penis or enhance <laughs> fertility. Others view the external female genitalia as dirty and ugly. Mm-hmm. It's the same as a yeah. foreskin. For and a man. I think it's important to talk about in our culture right now, there is such a shift towards body positivity and not shaming people for their bodies, whether it's that they're, you know, whether it's their, their weight or handicaps that they have or anything the like the color of their eyes, the size of their breasts, exactly. you name it, the color of their the skin. color of their skin. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is one of the last things that's hanging on. It's still totally <laughs> the skin is hanging on. <laughs> it's totally acceptable <laughs> to make fun of a man even in movies and no matter what. Um, because of a foreskin and that is body shaming at its finest and one of the reasons why we have such a big problem it is not okay to shame the natural male body any more than it's okay to shame a woman for her vaginal lips being a different shape yeah um all genitals are different and they're meant to be (laughs) that way um so that culture 
If you have a group of lady friends and you haven't had the discussion of how different your labia are, I think that's mm-hmm. like a really empowering and important conversation to have For with sure. your village. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Putting it out there. And so talking about how that culture, though, it's so hard to change culture um, because that's so important that we need to talk about that. Um, so to me, male circumcision is the same as Chinese foot binding. It's the same as female genital mutilation. Did you do that this week? Yeah, you know, it, she, my daughter Chinese complained when I bound her feet and she cried <laughs> when the bones were breaking. But, you know, it's better for her in the long run. I mean, in the long run, men will find her more attractive her, for yeah, her tiny she'll, feet. Yeah, and she'll be able to get a, a husband that has, you know, is successful in business. <laughs> she'll Sorry, get the I cutest couldn't even shoes. get through that without falling. Yeah, she can wear those she little shoes. She can shop at the shoes. Disney store and get the oh, cutest yes. little shoes. She could do that. So the reason we bring that up is that it, it goes to show that even though in the entire world female genital mutilation is seen as an atrocity now, people that are in that culture do not want to stop it. And the people that are doing it, the moms are the biggest proponents for it, and they went through it too. And it's the same it's in the our same culture. Because they don't psychological. Want, yeah, they, 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 someone has to break this cycle. Yeah, cycle. And, and it's the same in our culture that the dads are usually, for the most part, the ones keeping that cycle of abuse going because it happened to them. It's the same thing. And it took hundreds and hundreds of years for foot binding to stop in China. It's, it's really interesting to me that you can't talk about spanking anymore. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so aggressive. People get so aggressive. Like it's child abuse. It's this, it's that. If you smack your child for talking back. CPS. Um, oh yeah, you get CPS called, but you can literally cut off your child's genitals and that is not illegal. Yeah. I don't understand this. It's, I mean, I just want really people to think about this picture because when it finally clicked in my head, because I used to be pro-circumcision, when it finally clicked in my head, it was so overwhelming to me that I couldn't see it before. It was yeah. like the curtains had been opened and the, the sunshine came shining in. Yeah. But we're literally taking this baby, and most people I work with and know today, they go to such great lengths to like... I want my birth to be gentle. Medication and I, free. I want, and the even lights for people are off, who want medication, noises. they want immediate skin to skin. They want the softest swaddle blankets. They want cakes. They don't want an injection. There's like so many things that they do. But when you're, you're taking this perfect new baby that has nothing wrong with it medically, all boys are born with this piece of skin on the end of their penis. Which and means it's saying, not an accident. And it's not it's excessive. It's not an accident. Um, and you're saying at two days old, take my perfect baby, strap him down to a board and cut off part of his perfectly formed penis just because I feel like it's better. And I did that. I had, yeah. I went just, I did everything I could to have the most amazing home birth with mm-hmm. my first home birth, my son. Mm-hmm. And I did all of those things. It was quiet. I had a whole bunch of people. I had everyone I wanted. Everyone had to like hold me the right way and talk fantastic. to me the right way. It was beautiful. And then I let him moil, chop off part of his penis because yeah. I just thought that was necessary. It was the cultural norm 11 years ago and my husband wanted it done. And it seems so normal. You and don't so even we think did. about it. No. Did your moil suck the blood off also? No. Jesus Christ. No, that's a whole other subject. That's a whole other. That's happening. That's, uh, um, but yeah, but related it's Related like, to Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just encourage people to like really think about that and learn about the normal male penis and 
from my point of view now, because the majority of our clients don't circumcise anymore. And so I am totally used to seeing um, normal baby attack penises. And once you get used to that, your brain actually, it's like, oh, now I can see that circumcised penises are not normal. You can see the the defining features of a circumcised penis. Which doesn't mean mean you're suddenly going to find your husband's penis unattractive. And I think that's a big fear too. It's not about like shaming the penises that are circumcised. It's about normalizing what what a normal body is. Well, and my friend Natalie says, like, she just said one day, she goes, look, babies are born with, with nothing extra, with perfectly. You don't have to take anything away and you don't mm-hmm. have to put anything in. Why are we fucking with nature? Just yeah. step back and let it happen the way it's supposed to happen. Which, I mean, she was talking about many things, but yeah. that was like the first time I was like, duh, why are we doing all this stuff to our babies? Yeah. And um, I just, I really think, so when we talk about that, I want to talk a little bit more about how, about the moms, how there's so many moms we know. And I think it's a beautiful, wonderful thing in a relationship that women want to be supportive of their husbands, but it's a huge conversation that happens all the time. I see it online in all the intactivist groups or the whole baby groups. Like I learned all about circumcision. I realize it's a horrible thing. I realize it's painful. I realize foreskin is a good thing, but my husband is adamantly opposed or my partner's adamantly opposed to leaving our son intact. And it's a huge psychological thing for women to try and put their foot down and say, no, we're not going to do this thing to our baby. Because when men are going through those psychological reactions, they will throw the biggest shit fits known to man to keep it from happening, from threatening divorce to like I've seen, I've seen the whole gamut of men putting their foot down and saying, if you don't circumcise my son, um, I'm going to disown them. They're not going to be, I'm not going to be on the birth certificate. I'm not going to, but that's I'll the way you out of the house to my mom didn't do something wrong to me. So yeah. if you don't do this to my son, I have to go through knowing that my mom made a mistake that my that body is, my not body is not be. the way mm-hmm. it's supposed to be that I am a mistake that I have something wrong with me. Yeah. Um, but in the end for me with our fourth son, I looked at Chuck, and this is before he learned. Like he mm-hmm. he did, he agreed to get educated on the subject, and also which I there's re- a lot of men that refuse. Yeah, that's the first step is just yeah. Getting he agreed to come and- to your talk, which was yep. his eye opener. But in the end, I stepped back and and looked at him, and I was like, he is a thirty some year old man. Yeah, this is an unborn baby that has no voice at all. So I'm either going to be a mother and support this child who has no voice at all, yeah, or I'm going to support this other adult. And I was like, fuck who's it, acting I'm, like I'm a child. not who's acting so, like a child who was acting like a child because you do revert to that behavior when you're terrified that something is wrong with you. So in the end, I supported my child Mm -hmm. and I wish I had done it to all the, with the other children, with the other boys, but I didn't. I didn't. I cut their penises off. But it was such a good eye-opener for him. And I supported my kid and told my husband to deal with it. And guess what? He got educated. I was right in my decision and he didn't divorce me. And now he's a huge intactivist, which is awesome. And I feel like you also have a lot to say too, because um, going back to the cultural myth, there's a lot of people that are afraid if they've circumcised one son, they have to do all all of them because they're going to be different. And the one that's not circumcised is going to hate their body and, or they're, or then they have to like tell their other son that they circumcised them. But I think it's important for you to tell you, because you have a lot of sons I mean, you say, I didn't know any better. And so I allowed it to happen. And some of them are like, 
like I said, what Chris responded yeah. next is like, I love my penis. I don't care. Yeah. So, you know, it's fine, but they're not going to hate you forever for doing it. But I also think it's important to say like what they've said about circumcision now that they know about it. Oh, um, they would never. Yeah. They would even Evie, who's eight, is just like, yeah. why did you cut part of their penis off? And people are like, oh, my God, you talk about circumcision with your kids? Yeah, it's yeah. part of their body. Yeah. Like, yes, of course we talk about these things. Well, also, like, there's so many important conversations that could come out of of having children with, with yeah. or without circumcisions. Like, how we're all human yeah. and how humbling of an experience is to make such important decisions for people you love. And, and bottle bodily autonomy and consent and how important it is to have information and be informed when you make big decisions like yes it's a big price to pay that your kid might not have a foreskin to have these conversations but something really beautiful could come out of them too that are going to like set these kids up for well, life and it's breaking the cycle i yeah. said hey yeah. guess what as a parent i made a huge mistake i mm-hmm. did not educate myself on the subject and because of it you've lost part of your reproductive <laughs> organ and they will hear yeah. me say this was a mistake. Let's process it together. And they're not going to make the same mistakes. I just yeah. broke the cycle for Broken three boys. Cycle. And normalized foreskin for them because they can see on their brother that it's not something that's to be feared and disgusted by. It's um, also something that can be swung around like a tiny helicopter. Oh, God. He just, he just loves his foreskin. <laughs> loves it. <laughs> Which loves is great it. because that's what makes it elastic. And only yep. people who should be pulling on their own foreskin is only the them. little people. Only them. Um, so, so, yeah. Let, uh before we finish up, I do want to say from the, the cultural standpoint about that, um, that now I forgot what I was going to say, but so when it comes to, <laughs> to women, um, and that it's very difficult for them to see their husbands going through that, or they really think that it, it's much easier to come from a place of anger than it is to come from a place of like hearing and understanding. Um, and, and you also can see that it's a psychological response because I'm telling you nine out of the 10, nine out of the 10 men I watch hear this information, they all go through the same steps. And it reminds me a lot of the steps of grieving. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, first it's denial, then it's anger, then it's excuses. And then for the most part, they come around. And I have seen men, if there is any bit of hesitation in their partners, they will use that as a wedge to dig it in deeper, 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 so that they will do anything they can to to get their way on that. But then I have also noticed with women who put their foot down and say, no, I'm it's not, not happening, not no matter what, that crack isn't there anymore and so then they're forced to be confronted with it and for some men it takes years but mm-hmm. I'm telling you from my experience of talking about this with people for years and people's experiences and witnessing men being like given this information and responding yes, to it in the immediate that I would say 99% of the time even if it takes several years the men eventually come around and say, thank you for not doing that to my son. I now realize that foreskin's not a bad thing. And they come, and, and many of them will become advocates for not circumcising because well, once that information, once the defense mechanisms go down because there's no choice anymore, they're forced to hear the information more. I want to point out that in this, I mean, in most countries, but we are based in Christianity in the U.S., mm-hmm. and most Christianity groups are a hierarchy of God, man, woman. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women, it's not just, do can I talk to my husband about this? It's they take that and say, you know, I'm the man. Yep. This is what I say, and you have to listen. So it's not, women aren't just like, 
going against their husbands, but it's also kind of like, well, God wants me to listen to my husband. So if I question him, Mm -hmm. I'm not being Christian. Like, so it comes from more of just, do I want to hurt my husband's feelings or make him face this? It's, you know, a lot of times their beliefs come into it and make the conversation hard too. So women that stand up and say, I know this is wrong and I know it was a mistake that people took God's word and fucked it all up like yeah. we do everything else, then sometimes they can face their husbands and have this conversation. And I think it's important to talk about when it comes to that. There is a way to do that out of a place of love and respect. Right. right. That's like Still, our mom shaming episode. Yeah. It's for any parent, really. Yeah, because if you come out swinging, then it's just going to shut they down hear the your conversation tone, more. Not your words. Yeah. Honestly, like in our conversation, I was thinking like if you have the privilege of planning for your future as parents, like if you get to choose to have children together, like have this conversation around circumcision before you have a child because I feel like it's going to be a lot more approachable and easy to have this conversation like in theory. Yeah. And maybe lay the groundwork and get the information out there. Then and have a be drink. You're like having yeah. To, yeah. And drink. And, and for moms that have circumcised other sons, I also want you to know that women have an emotional response to that too. They have a defense mechanism because it's hard to admit that you might've done something to your child that you love that wasn't necessary. Once you've learned it's not okay and that it's cosmetic and you're choosing to do this to your child, it is a hell of a lot harder to live with yourself after the fact. Oh yeah. There's regret parents out there. It's it's horrible. Just like Chuck, that's how he feels. Like he knew it wasn't okay. He did it anyway. And now he... Yeah, it's a, and it's a mourning process that you that a lot of people have, they, and I see posts about it all the time. Like I just can't get over the fact that I did that, and they'll still cry yeah. about it years later. And right. they, yeah, I feel like we scratched the surface, and we, we did. need to so our, save some stuff so for next our, week. Oh, we have plenty for next so week. Much. Um, our next episode, we're gonna get a lot more into the nuts and bolts <laughs> of the nuts, the nuts and, and the foreskin the nuts and the shafts and the foreskin <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a lot more facts and a lot more of like what is the science behind it um so stay tuned and if you've listened this far we really thank you and applaud you and for being open-eared and open-minded yeah and spread the word don't be embarrassed spread to, the word the foreskin for is a good village. thing yes. Yes. foreskins rock Foreskins rock. (laughs) Cheers to foreskins, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. See you next week.